0: Wanna ask you a question. When is the last time that you were weary? Uh, I mean really weary. Not not the typical, hey, my tank's running a little bit empty, kinda of weary, but the kind of weary that says, you know what, I've run out of gas and I'm pushing this car uphill and the hill never seems to end. That kind of weary. Can you identify the last time? And maybe maybe it's a while ago? Maybe it didn't happen all that long ago. Maybe, it, maybe it's right now. Maybe you're weary right now. So if you are, I want to ask a second question. What was or what is the cause of your weariness? Was it physical? Sometimes I, I think we look at our lives like, you know what? I am just physically exhausted. Physical exhaustion is the cause of my weariness. Or, or was the cause more emotional? So what I found in my life is that sometimes emotional weariness is actually more taxing. It exacts a greater toll than does physical weariness. Or was your weariness rooted in something spiritual? Uh, Maybe the deepest forms of weariness that we experience in life have their origin in something that has to do with our relationship with God. Whatever you might identify, I want to tell you I'm glad you're here today in this episode of God-Sized Living. I I want to talk about the topic of weariness in our lives. Here's why. I've really come to believe that in so many cases, individuals that are experiencing what I would refer to as extreme forms of weariness actually tend to misdiagnose its primary cause. Typically, when people find themselves in the midst of weariness, the first instinct is to look for a link to something physical in nature. We'll say, man, am I tired? I, I need to get more sleep. Or I have been just pushing a throttle to the to the floor at work, at the gym, at home. I'm exhausted. I, I got to slow down a bit, put the brakes on. I need to give myself more rest and, and maybe more boundaries. Or you know what? I'm going to burn out. Now, there's no doubt but that physical experience enters the equation almost every time that we talk about weariness. That's not my question. My question is Is that physical experience the cause of weariness itself? I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that the answer to that question is no. I, I really believe this that there's something deeper going on than physical symptoms when. We're talking about weariness, and I I believe that at the root of many forms of weariness, something spiritual is going on. Today, we're going to look at uh, chapter 9, verses 20 to 27 of the book of Daniel, and as we do, I want you to both listen and look. Listen to Daniel's words. He's obviously weary, and the text states so, but I also want you to look, look a bit deeper than the surface at what's happening inside of Daniel at this juncture in his life. What is really making Daniel so weary? So as we jump into this topic, I'm going to tell you that uh, one of the things that got me thinking about this topic is a brand new book. It's just published from one of my favorite authors, a man named David Goggins. If you're a frequent listener to this podcast, you know I've referred to Goggins before. Uh, For me, his story is both inspirational and motivational. You can read his story in his first book. It's titled Can't Hurt Me. Uh, born to an abusive father, Goggins has managed to become one of our world's greatest, I'm talking about most elite athletes. He's the only man, catch this, the only man in history to complete training as a Navy SEAL, an Army Ranger, and an Air Force tactical air controller. Only person living to have done all three. Goggins has competed in 70 count that, 70 ultra marathons in which he literally runs hundreds of miles within the span of 24 hours. On top of this, this is impressive to me, Goggins owns the Guinness World Book Record for pull-ups completed in a 17-hour period. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a healthy fear for pull-ups. I do. When someone yells, hey, we're going to do three sets of 10 pull-ups, I know what's coming. A four-letter word that is spelled P-A-I-N, pain. That's true if I'm doing 30 pull-ups. Now listen to this. Goggins, do you know what his world record is? Goggins within a 17-hour period completed. Are you ready for this? 4,030 pull-ups. It hurts my hands to speak that number. 4,030. Ouch. Now, let me get to weariness. In his book, can't hurt me. Goggins tells the story of his attempts to attain this title, this world record. Here, here's what I find fascinating. He, he really, he did not achieve it the first time or, or the second time that he attempted it. Do you know why? Weariness, physical weariness, or was it just physical So Goggins tells his story, He says he entered his first attempt at the Guinness World Record with a lot of swag, a lot of self-certainty, so much so that he actually turned his attempt into a media event. He invited folks from the national media out to watch him conquer the bar. No one had any reason not to believe that he would would not, in fact, prevail. After all, this is David Goggins. His physical prowess was well known within the world of athleticism. Now, at the event, people prepared to film and to interview and to celebrate. A Guinness representative had a certificate, was all set, ready to go at completion. The Today Show was actually camera ready, live coverage was planned, and as the event began, everyone knew what was at stake. Um, The previous record stood at just a little under 4,000. That's not a small number of pull-ups. As the attempt began, Goggins started strong. He's got to do it. Then cracks in the plan began to appear. First, it was blisters on his hands. The blisters then turned into blood. And finally, short of the record, Goggins' hands were such a bloody mess, Since such pain, he had to call things off. He was, in a word, weary, physically weary. But, but was it all physical? I want to share something interesting with you. Something not everyone knows about Goggins' story, namely his secret weapon against pain, burnout, and weariness. What is it that Goggins turns to when his body says, quit? What keeps him going when his mind says, give up? Do you know what it is? He tells us in his first book. In Can't Hurt Me, Goggins tells the story of growing up in an abusive home at the age of six, He was forced, along with his siblings, to work for a father whose demands could not be met and whose discipline, if you want to call it that, was severe. Goggins grew up wounded. Now, here's what's interesting about his woundedness. He uses it. It's become a secret weapon. Goggins says that when he hits the wall, when he reaches that point in an ultra marathon at the 70th mile where everything inside of him says no more when his hands are blistered and bleeding, and his grip is weakening, and his body is screaming, I will not do one more pull up. Goggin says his secret weapon is to reach inside and find what is still inside of him from those days when he was six years old, those days of abuse. His secret weapon is rage. Goggin, in effect, says, I, I turn on the furnace of rage that lives deep inside of me. It becomes a fuel factory. He uses the energy that comes from deep seated and still present rage against his father and the pain that he endured as a child to push through physical walls that might otherwise shut him down. And guess what? His secret weapon paid big dividends from athletic awards to recognition, to speaking engagements, to opportunities. People look at Goggins, they see a superstar. Physically, he is a superstar. And yet, every time I read his story, a question arises within me. Is it possible that Goggins' secret weapon, rage, is also his greatest enemy? Does that rage not also result in its own form of weariness? A weariness that is deeper than physical, deeper than emotional. A weariness that is spiritually Is it possible that when we leave unresolved within us issues that can only be addressed by the one who made us, we will be weary? No matter how strong we are, no matter how smart we are, no matter how how many therapy sessions we attend or medications we take, is not the deepest form of weariness that we experience the result of not being Either in a right relationship with our Maker or not being in sync with our Maker or not having right relationships with those that our Maker has placed into our lives to love. It is not the cause of weariness. At its steepest level, somehow spiritual. As we turn our attention to Daniel chapter 9, I want you to listen for the word. It's here, it's present, it's inside of Daniel. It is weariness. I'm going to read Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 to 23, part A. I invite you to just listen, or if you have a Bible and want to turn there, again, 9, 20 to 23, part A. We're going to pray, Lord, that you just give us some real insight in these words. Amen. Here's the text. It says, now, while I was speaking and praying, this is Daniel, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of the people Israel and presenting my supplication, Before the Lord, my God and behalf of the holy mountain of my God, while I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom i had seen in the vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness. Catch the words in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. He gave me instruction and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I've now come forth to give you insight with understanding, at the beginning of your supplication, the command was issued. It's a little bit to unpack here, so I'm just going to jump right in. As we know, Daniel's been praying for some time for himself and his people, Israel. Uh, we we probably don't know exactly how long Daniel's prayer was. Um, we don't know how long it went on, but it wasn't a quick prayer. It was not, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. It was not that kind of prayer. Da- Daniel's been praying his guts out. It's confessed in his prayer before God that his sin is what got Israel into trouble. God, the sin of Israel, put us into captivity in Babylon and the fix that we've been in for 70 years. But he's also praying for more. Question, what is he specifically praying for in this prayer? I wonder if he caught it. I want you to listen to these words again. Quote, now while I was praying, presenting my supplication, my request before the Lord, my God, in behalf of the holy mountain of my God. What what does that mean? So is is Daniel actually praying for a mountain? Is he saying, Lord, I'm bringing you this this supplication, this request on behalf of the holy mountain of my God? Is he praying for a mountain? Of course, someone reading this without an understanding of Jewish history might say, well, yeah, it sounds like it. it. sounds like he's praying for a mountain. But what is the holy mountain of my God, specifically within this context? It's not a mountain, right? It's not a mountain at all. What is it? It is the temple. Recall with me that the Jews called the temple Mount Zion. The term mountain is one of the most used terms for the temple amongst Jews. So question, why is Daniel praying for the temple? Remember with me that at the time of this prayer, the temple in Jerusalem is what? It's in ruins. It's been destroyed by the Babylonian armies. What Daniel has come across in the library of the king of Babylon is the scrolls of Jeremiah. Based upon his reading of Jeremiah's prophetic word, he comes to believe that the temple is getting ready to be rebuilt. Now, does it seem that way? No. The Jews are still in captivity. But the prophet has said, it's going to happen. So Daniel begins to, to pray for the temple to be rebuilt. But more than that, for Israel to be rebuilt, to be restored to that place where God tends and is present amongst his tribes. Daniel's prayer, when you read it, chapter 9, is a, is a beautiful prayer. But has it made Daniel weary? And and Why? While the text does not expressly state that the prayer is what makes him weary, there's a clue in the reading that points us to something, a clue in the text that Daniel is praying hard, yes. But even as he prays, it seems that he is still holding on to his own need to solve Israel's problem. He feels responsible. He feels that he must do something, something more. What is needed? What can I do? And this holding on, this sense of responsibility is making Daniel weary. It's time for him to let go. I want you to notice what happens. Gabriel comes to him and the angel knows what he sees. Having served God since their creation at the beginning, angels have observed every imaginable hurt and emotion, toil and trouble on the part of mankind. Gabriel watched Moses' arms grow heavy and tremble with weariness as he held the staff over the Red Sea. More so, he saw doubt collide with conviction. Inside of Moses, as Pharaoh's armies approached, Moses was weary, all right, From the inside out, the angel observed Elijah at the height of victory, that moment wherein the prophets of Baal lay slaughtered on the ground, their mockery silenced by the hand of God within the course of mere seconds. And then he watched that same prophet drop into despair, hiding, scared, filled with fear, weary. Was David the man who had overcome? Would he escape the grasp of weariness? Some amongst God's holy ones believed it. He was strong, courageous, filled with confidence. On that day that he looked into the eyes of a giant, he was certain that God had as much as already felled him before the stone was even sheathed. David, the boy king, nothing could shake him. And that it did. David did not fall like the giant face to ground, but he fell. He fell and then he hid, tried to pretend, Tried to go on as though nothing were wrong when, in fact, everything was. The great archangel saw it. David was calm on the outside, but on the inside, he grew more and more and more weary. until He could go on hiding no longer. David was weary on that day that his friend Jonathan approached. You know, the, the dictionary defines weariness as, number one, that state or condition of being physically or mentally exhausted. And number two, impatient or dissatisfied with something tedious or burdensome. But I believe there's a lot more than what Webster writes. Without question, weariness often does exhibit external indicators. There certainly can be, as our dictionaries maintain, physical manifestations of weariness, tiredness, fatigue. Additionally, I would never argue against the internal and often unseen emotional manifestations of weariness. These can take on multiple forms, withdrawal, isolation, emotional distancing, anxiety, even depression. All of the manifestations are real. And yet, are they not all simply symptoms of something deeper? These point to a something that is causative, something that is bringing about the manifestations inside of a person. And it's here. I believe that a great deal of what we call weariness has its roots in something more than physical or even emotional or neurological. I believe that more often than acknowledged, weariness has its origins within the brokenness of our relationship with God. Whether that brokenness is distrust Failure to Sabbath, fear, self-direction, doubt, distancing, unresolved relationships, and even failures to seek out reconciliation with others. It's often our brokenness in relationship with God that produces the weariness that we wear like a thick coat on the coldest of winter days. It won't come off of us. We try, try as we may. We grow weary, not, not simply because the load is heavy or the day long or the battle fierce, but because we're holding on to that which belongs to God. And just like that, we're looking back and into the eyes of the old man, Daniel, as Gabriel addresses him. I, I love the words, and I always have. The angel says, Daniel, I've come to give you insight and wisdom. In Hebrew, the terms are sakal, which is revealed wisdom, not not a natural wisdom, but one that God must give. And the second term, banah, faith upon which to stand. I come to give you God's revealed wisdom, faith upon which you might stand. Gabriel informs Daniel, you know what? At the beginning of your plea, a word went forth, Daniel you need not continue on in this state of weariness as though by doing so, you might be able to solve the problem. Restore Israel. That's not for you to do. This work belongs to God and God alone. Daniel, perhaps it is you who are making yourself weary. And then there's a note in the story that many miss. I hope you caught it. It's significant. Did you notice these words? The text says that Gabriel came to Daniel in his extreme weariness at the hour of the evening offering so let let me ask you this what time was the evening sacrifice in israel do you you remember in in ancient times israel every morning about 9 uh, a.m started the first sacrifice it was laid on the the altar in both the tabernacle of moses and later the temple of solomon the morning sacrifice gathered israel together to worship each morning as the sacrifice was placed upon the altar. Then again at 3 p.m., the evening sacrifice was laid upon the altar. And once again, the people would gather at the temple to worship as the sacrifice was offered by the Lord, the morning and the evening sacrifices. Now hold on to that thought. The evening sacrifice, the last sacrifice of each day was made at 3 p.m. What time of day was it when Jesus cried out, It is finished on the cross. Do you remember? It was, as Matthew's gospel tells us, 3 p.m. The last sacrifice, the only one truly needed, was made. I want you to put this together. What is Gabriel telling Daniel? Daniel, you look weary. What are you holding on to? What problem are you trying to solve? Isn't it time, Daniel, time to let it go? For the one who has already provided for all of Israel, for all those who will trust in his blood, the one who will on a cross cry out at this exact time, it is finished, has already provided for your need. And in these words, Daniel found rest. I want to come around this word with just a couple of questions for us today. Question one, where are you weary? I want you to be honest. Where do where do you feel tired physically or emotionally? Maybe both. Maybe it's inside of a relationship that's grown difficult. Maybe maybe you're at the end of a dream that's died and you're just weary. Maybe you're worried with your work and it's seeming irrelevancy. Maybe you're worried by the demands of people that seem to continue to grow. No matter how fast or how hard you work, Where, where are you worried today? Question two, what story are you telling yourself? About your weariness. We do, you know, we, we create or adopt narratives with which to address our weariness. We'll say things like, you know what? I'm just tired. I just need to get a little sleep. You know what? I've lost my balance. But if, if I can put some boundaries in a place, I'm going to be just fine. Or I've had it with this relationship. I'm getting out of it. And I know once I do, things will get better stories. There's a million of them. Each of us have our own but they really add up to just one thing we create narratives as an attempt to gain control over those people and things that we believe have created the weariness that we are experiencing as though we're able to control it. So question three, what if our awareness is actually deeper than that? What what if our awareness really does have spiritual roots? Here's a tougher question to answer. In what way might the weariness that I'm experiencing in my life right now, that you're experiencing in your life right now, be pointing to a broken place in your spiritual life, in your relationship with God? How might your weariness actually be calling you back into the kind of relationship with him that truly does believe that he, not we, is the one who alone can address down to our souls the issue the malfunction of weariness. Uh, I I wish you God's blessings as you take on those questions. That'll be uh, our podcast for this week. I want to thank you for listening to these and I want you to know your prayers for myself and for my family mean just so much to me. I continue on a regular daily basis to pray for you. And I, I pray that God keeps you this week until we meet again may you have a god-sized week